0: Beautiful friends and welcome back to the show. I have an amazing guest on today and we have such a beautiful conversation. We are gonna talk about to how we can live more joyful lives, how we can know that we are good enough right now. And she is such an inspiration. She has been to 130 countries. She is an expert and she's written books, but most of all, she truly understands how we can be open to the possibilities, how we can really continue to love and learn our lives and step into everything it is we want in our lives. So I can't wait to share this with you. And Here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time, and I'm ready to help you get started. Now, I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love, and each week on the show, we're gonna help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go, let's get started.
1: Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Annetta Grabietz. She is award-winning author of How to Be Good Enough, the book acknowledged by the UK royal family, She's a psychologist, nutritional therapist, a female fertility and hormone expert. She has, she's also a successful immigrant entrepreneur, a globetrotter who's traveled over 130 countries, and she speaks five languages. I am so excited to have this conversation with her because we are going to talk about everything from the intersection of women and hormones and how we live our, our best lives, how we live more joyful lives, and how we can accept ourselves for who we are and how we can understand that we are already good enough. Welcome, Annetta.
2: Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you for inviting, having me here. And thank you to everyone who's listening to us and uh, taking something out of it and applying to the life of those and the people around them. Thank you. Mm,
1: absolutely. And uh, we are lucky today, we have Anetta joining us uh, in her evening. So thank you for making the time uh, from uh, the UK in London. And so could you first just tell us a little bit about your backstory, your journey, and then what does life look like now for you?
2: Okay, so yes, I'm in London, UK, and surprisingly, it's a beautiful, gorgeous sunset. It was a lovely day, no rain, although you might think it always rains in the UK, it doesn't. Um, I've lived in London for the past 23 years. I was born and raised in Poland to Dutch-Italian family, grandparents. However, my surname comes somewhere from the Slavic lands, so we're suspecting it's either Slovenia or um, ex-Yugoslavia, could be Montenegro, so that part of the word, because it sounds exotic even in Poland. <laughs> so I grew up in Poland. I briefly lived in Hungary, Germany, and Russia where I studied, but then I got a scholarship for my master's degree in, in London. And, you know, you move somewhere in your 20s and you you actually start becoming a human when you're aware of your values, when you build your connections, your friendships. And this is where I kind of settled. Uh, In the meantime, I've been around the world so many times because my Mm. passion is traveling and I've done a lot of dancing professionally and um, on the amateur level. So I've traveled the whole Latin America for, I took 18 months out of my life and it was the best decision ever because The older you get, and I hear it from people, what do you regret not doing in your life? Mm -hmm. And the most often I hear, not traveling enough when I could and not writing my book. Mm, And my answer is always, don't die with that book inside you and travel, travel as much as you can whenever you can. So I've been, I guess, lucky enough, privileged enough and also grateful for having this curiosity for life. And perhaps being a Gemini, I also have this like, mindset of I'm going for it to Gemini as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Tell me how did your books come about? Right. You so you have two books. I guess we didn't mention that yet, right? You had the the first one is How to Get Pregnant Shortcut to your fertility. And then the new book is How to Be Good Enough. But I love that you shared, you know, that don't don't leave that book inside of you, you know, tell your story, if you will. And so tell us a little bit about how this came about uh, for your for you.
2: So I've been working for about two decades as a psychologist, nutritional therapist, and fertility was never my chosen profession. It's just I started receiving clients who have gone through unsuccessful IVF, and their bodies have gone through a lot of chemical drugs and procedures, and They were depleted emotionally and physically because the journey wasn't successful. It was very costly. And also they felt that physical damage on the body. And all they wanted from me is like, could we please recover from it? So I've done a lot of mindfulness, positive thinking with them in terms of psychology. But then I've applied natural remedies, supplements, and also nutrition and lifestyle to help them with recovery of their bodies. And normally they would start feeling better. And after a few months, the first couple was telling me, by the way, we're pregnant. Like, what? 16 years of so-called infertility. Mm. Um, I think it was eight IDFs, they are pregnant. So I started digging into this more, mm-hmm. just so I found out that reproductive health is else as the extension of your overall well-being. Yeah. So when you fix your overall well-being, when you fix what's, what you're feeding your brain with, how your body functions, mm-hmm. this is where you're extending your uh, reproductive longevity. Let's put it this way. Okay. So my publisher also how this book came about. So my client said, you've got to write this book because you're helping so many people and they are all around the world. And there's just so many couples trying to conceive. And it caused so much grief and everything else. And they don't know they can actually help themselves through fixing their health. So then I was ready to write this book, which I will talk more about yeah. um, because this book was already in my head for five months. I started preparing for this book and my publisher said, okay, material is good, but what else do you do in life? And I said, what I was doing? He said, no, this is the book you're going to write first because this mm-hmm. is going to help your clients. Mm, yeah. I said, okay, what's my deadline? He gave me three days. So I wrote this book in 16 hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it, too. But it took be 16 hours because I knew it inside out. So right. they decided to call it How to Get Pregnant because it's a very good, catchy title. But the book is literally for any woman in her reproductive age, from first menstruation up to menopause, because it talks chapter by chapter about hormones, about nutrition, about PCOS, endometriosis underactive overactive thyroid a blood glucose lifestyle there's just so much going on so if you in the the age of being reproductive so i'm talking from first menstruation up to menopause that's something that you may be interested in reading um and this book got awarded because it helps so much especially in the local um health system and i received a letter from the late queen So. I'm receiving a letter with Sam from Buckingham Palace I'm not sure what it is and I'm opening it this is a letter of recognition for contributing so much to helping the nation with with reproductive health so it was a beautiful surprise to receive that especially dated in August and was probably just a couple of weeks before she passed away so um just like a nice thing
1: for me oh yeah no that is that's a lovely uh testament oh so then yeah. after your first book came out uh you know since then now you've written your your book that you said for five months prior to putting out that book, you actually had already started that idea. You'd started on how to be good enough. And so how did that, you know, what was the, I guess, the kernel for how that, you know, the work you'd already been doing kind of led you to wanting to write that book? What was the crux, I guess? You know, I'm a very passionate life observer.
2: And also I love to experience life. And Obviously, me being in the profession of serving others, I'm constantly curious of what's this life about. So I'm constantly learning and I believe bettering myself, also practicing what I preach. So I'm constantly investing in my personal development, coaching, mentorship, and also understanding what's, who am I and how I respond to life and how this is related to how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. So it's not about blaming the parents because they did the best they could with what they knew, what they had. And this right. is about each of us, right? That we just, our parents gave us the best what they knew with yeah. what they had at that time. But just thinking of the culture I was growing up that, you know, kids are not to be seen no heard; They are just to perform. So I was that kid that was trying to be the best at everything I was doing. Mm-hmm. Exceeding at school, at uh, physical sports, at singing, at art projects, just really being the best kid because this is what we're meant to be. Yeah. And and suddenly you get into either fed education or anywhere in life and you're not, that, you're not the first best, you're not the second best. And what do I do with it? I'm going to punch myself, I'm going to shame and blame myself, mm-hmm. or I need to understand that maybe somehow I am good enough. Yeah. So I started this journey for myself, but also started noticing my clients, the stories we tell ourselves,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Yeah. Because we compare ourselves to others in terms of, I don't know, looking in social media or magazines, I'm not that shape. I'm not that look. I, I don't know. I don't have this car, this house. Right. I don't have this perfect family. Uh um, right, I'm not yeah. going to the perfect holidays in Bahamas or wherever Mexico wherever people are going, so I possibly I am not good enough. Yes, so there are so many stories we tell ourselves. I'm telling you, so um another thing I've noticed was us seeking the external validation, mm-hmm. yeah, right, yeah. so it's like uh negotiating our worth with the world. And it's about 10%, maybe less, of my clients are men, mostly are women. And mm-hmm. this is us, females, and it's mostly beautiful, incredible, successful, kind women who have the skill to put themselves down, mm-hmm. who seeking that external validation. It's how I experience my life, how I observe my life, I think enough, it's enough. Right. <laughs> it's so enough to be good enough.
1: Right.
2: (laughs) So this is how this book came about. And um, there's a lot of my, it's like a manual. It's a guide. Each chapter ends with practical exercises. And actually, I personally use those exercises still Mm -hmm. in my life to keep my sanity and keep me
1: true to who I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, very good. So, yeah, do you want to maybe just uh, about the how to be good enough what would you say um from what you just shared what's the maybe one of the main things people are having to overcome i know there's a lot we tell ourselves a lot of stories we have a lot of beliefs right limiting beliefs false beliefs like you said unworthiness but what do you see maybe um is one of the main themes or, or how do we move out of that have you found maybe a tip or exercise
2: well, it could be the exercise, so we can actually run one exercise right now, if you feel if you sure. Yeah. Sure. I love the exercise. It transforms me every single time and gives me goosebumps, so I hope it will help our listeners as well. So we just sit comfortably in an cross-legged position, okay. and I probably would ask you to close your eyes, because then you move inwards. Okay. So close your eyes. Uh, Stick your tongue out, because I know that you're not grinding your teeth and you need that quenching your jawlines. And then send your shoulders down and away from your ears. And invite nice deep breaths. So deep inhales through the nose and long exhales through the mouth. And just do it a few more times, just so your breath settles. And you start sensing your body. So you feel present. Relax your buttles so they sit in the chair. Rest your legs, your feet on the floor. And then I would like you to imagine an onion in front of you. As a woman, when you prepare food, you use onion, you know, very often there is emotional response to that. So this exercise may cause emotional response, which is only a good thing because crying or tears is very cathartic, very healing. So think of an onion, and when you look at the onion, the first few layers, you're not going to eat them, so you're going to peel them off. And you will be peeling off the layers. So the first layer is how you are identified by the word, which is your gender. Which is your height, your weight, your hair color, your eye color, your skin color? Could be your accent, could be your nationality, could be your date of birth. Out of that, none of it is in your control. It was all given to you. It could be random, it could be destiny. Depends what you believe in. But get rid of it. This layer is off. Then another identity we give ourselves, or society perceives us, is through the number in our bank account, the job we hold, the cars we drive, the neighborhoods we live in, the clothes we wear, the lifestyle we live. That's not real use again. Peel off that layer. Another layer is what society expects you to be. So those roles, those external validations. How I should act, how I should respond, how I relate to people and their relationships. I have with people, the healthy ones, unhealthy ones, the challenging, the very pleasant ones, the random, the nurtured ones. Get rid of this layer as well. And I hope you start noticing that you're feeling lighter. There's less clutter. So you're moving closer to the core. You're moving closer to the person who you are meant to be. No job titles, no material possession, no looks, no age, no nationality. That doesn't matter. Who do you see? Who is that person? What are her dreams, wishes and desires? Just literally see this person. This person is standing vulnerably in front of you, emotionally naked, exposed. Look at her. Look at her in the eyes, just as the acknowledgement that you see her, that you support her, that you approve of her. And notice again how that feels in your body. Feel it strongly in your body. And take it out and away with you, not just for this moment, but for the vision of yourself and your potential. Because this is exactly who you are meant to be. And then sip some air. And slowly start moving your toes and your fingers. And whenever you're ready, you can cover your eyes with your hands. Open your eyes within your hands. Just so you feel you've got a bit of intimacy and you can just expose yourself whenever you're ready.
1: Very beautiful.
2: So very often after this exercise, sometimes it takes longer. I just go for more layers. Yeah. It could be very overwhelming or it could be very teary, very emotional, but I know something broke and I know it's just like a fruit for thoughts for those who feel like, wow, I haven't really lived my life yet.
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just to take, right, for people to take the time to get mindful about that we do have all those, you know, um, layers, all those identities, those roles that we're carrying around, right? That we're we're acquiring like luggage if we're not careful, right? Um, Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's important that we regularly think about those sort of things, right? Because to your point, it, it can clutter sort of, deeper who we are Um, so yeah that's that's lovely that was a a lovely exercise
2: it's also being a mother being a spouse being a full-time employee we neglect that part of ourselves That either that feminine part or that part of us was yearning inside and longing to be let out it's just Mm -hmm. so locked inside that we may actually die inside with this person not living their life. So it's very important to be selfish so we can become selfless
1: in a way. Yes, absolutely. And definitely, you know, even more so for women, typically, traditionally, right, being that more women than not are caregivers in some capacity, right, whether it's for children or for uh, elderly parents, or maybe in Mm -hmm. our jobs. But so I think, so many people tell you that, right? Oh, I didn't, I don't even know what I want. I I've never thought of it, or I don't even know what my dream is, you know? And so I think a lot of people get to hitting 40 or 50 or beyond, and they're sort of not sure what they even want. Right. I mean, you have to, you have to allow yourself the time and to allow yourself the space to look, to see what that is. Right. If you don't know. And, um, you know, and, and then to do the work, I think, is part of what your book does, right, is to understand what are these things? What is the programming? What are the stories that we're telling ourselves um, that likely aren't serving us and aren't helping us kind of get to living a more joyful life? So, so
2: beautifully, eloquently verbalized. And yes, this book is just an introduction, It's just a shortcut to, wow, What what is it that I need? Exactly. As a woman who has been a provider, carer, as you said, we in the age when parents are aging and need to Mm -hmm. take care of them, children still having jobs, still running the houses and everything else. But what I love most, I run transformational retreats. And this year I will be in Bali. Mm. For the month of September and October, I'm running week retreats for women. And at one time, there's only 10 women. And we go through magic. And it's mostly mm-hmm. for women who have no idea and they are overwhelmed when I'm telling them, you're going to have a week for yourself. So they're yeah. kind of paralyzed thinking, well, I'm going to sit and enjoy my coffee and this coffee will be uninterrupted. And I'm going to get a massage and I'm going to go and meditate on the beach. Mm-hmm. They just, they just, I can't even imagine. They are so overwhelmed. they so so wanted. Yeah. And they are age ladies which i'm talking age you know from i don't know 30 something up to 50 something 60 something they never ever allow themselves to do that yeah and i know i love watching them when after that week what happens something breaks in them and it's not that they are going to rebel and stop caring for their families they are just becoming They actually sent me a feedback. I'm actually more loving spouse. Mm, I'm more understanding parent or child to aging parents. Just because I gave myself that gift of a week away. When I recharged, when you led me, when you guided me to truly understand myself. And when I'm going for the passion. So some of them decide to write the book. Some of them decide to start piano lessons. One 72 years old lady, she just really wanted to be a salsa dancer and she's performing salsa now.
1: Oh, I love it. Well, yeah, I think uh, experiences like that, you know, and they can happen in lots of ways, but of of course, a retreat away from all of your regular uh, thinking and obligations and and all that and, and responsibilities, they let us be open to ourselves in a way that maybe we haven't been and open to the possibilities, right? Because I think a lot of people, haven't really even considered possibilities beyond their current life, and I don't mean you have to go make a big life change. But you know, I've talked to people before. Their their teacher and one woman said, "I taught for twenty years. I when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a teacher. So for twenty years, I didn't even think about any other possibilities of things I could do because I already knew I wanted to be a teacher. But then it didn't fit her lifestyle, right, with young kids, and she wanted to travel. So it wasn't until she started realizing." is there anything else that she even realized there was a lot of other things she could do that were more flexible? But she said, I never even looked at another, I didn't even know there was other options for me, you know? And so I think a lot of times it's because they are not curious yet. They're not, they're not open to discovery, you know, and, and learning, you know, are there other things I could be doing or could I tap into my love of things or hobbies?
2: Yes, one thing is that we might be living on autopilot in our given
1: context.
2: It's like a cookie cutter. Okay, this is my day, this is my life. Mm -hmm. I got this one job, I'm doing this job till I retire. Mm -hmm. And exactly only when you're taken out of this life and you're somewhere else, and imagine you wake up and you've got this beautiful exotic fruit bowl and you've got meditation in the morning and you walk through the rice fields and everything is taken care for you so all you need to worry is your sun lotion and your bikini and (laughs) you've got so much time to confront yourself and actually think like what is this life meant to be you know i'm I'm loving this how can i do more of that so maybe my work is stopping me from living life and experiencing um such adventures so then you start thinking what's possible for me especially when you listen to others like, oh, no, you don't have to work so hard. I don't think women need to work so hard.
1: Yeah. We work to live, not the other way around. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that over the last year has uh, something I've more focused towards is that, uh, you know, I think it's not so much that we have to figure it out, right? Like what's next or what business am I going to start or whatever. It's that we need to tap into more of what brings us joy, you know, because when we do that, it's, it is our intuition. It is those indicators of, you know, if you follow that, usually it's going to lead you to possibility. It's going to lead you to, you know, things that you have interest in, things that bring you more fulfillment in your life.
2: Yes. So I would just say that's, and there's the whole chapter here, looking for the joy, creativity, Mm -hmm. female, the feminine energy is creative, looking for that because very often what gives us joy, we good at it, and women can do anything We our resources, so we could easily end the living out of it mm-hmm. and offer joy to others. Yeah. I also am a big believer that uh, the awareness of ourselves, getting to know myself, not guessing, will boost that confidence in trusting my intuition. Mm-hmm. But I also believe this intuition comes with our spirituality. So. I don't want to talk so much about religion because they are totally different concepts and, you know, as as wide and big the world is, there are so many religious, but, religions, but I do believe faith helps. Yeah. Faith, I mean, faith, something as me believing in something superior that I can yeah. refer to. So people call it God, people call it universe, whatever people want to call it. I'm not going to go into details, but just being able to relate to something superior, something stronger than yeah. me, I think that's powerful beyond anything. That's just, it's just incredible. Yeah, And I think it helps us so much in terms of mental health and also in the hope and staying open. And when right. I stay open, very often, as you said, it's not planning scheduling because it's very masculine, but as a female, being creative and staying open, like I trust myself, I know myself well, I've got my intuition. I can do that. I'm going to stay open and hopeful, focused and positive. And then whatever it is, we're attracting, it's coming to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, for sure, I agree. uh, You know, faith's important to me. And, you know, on this podcast, yeah, it is more open because, you know, everybody, like you said, does have different, uh, somewhat different beliefs. I have another podcast that's a more faith specific to my faith um, podcast, but I agree with you. Even my dad, who's 80 and he has some health issues, but he has, you know, great attitude still and stuff. But he said, one of the things that I think helped me my whole life is that he had a belief, right? His faith was so strong, a belief in God and that he had um, a, a bigger purpose, right? That helped him always be able to connect back to that. And not just, you know, like, woe is me kind of a, you know what I mean? In other words, um, it just, he, he grew up, right. He went to like faith-based school for some period, you know, his parents sent him, but he said that early understanding of having a connection, you know, um, for, for me or him would be to God. Right. But, and so I think it is important. And I think sometimes when we're feel aimless, sometimes it's because we're not connected, not just to ourselves. Into others, but it's also maybe to that higher power, you know, that might be missing, is what I'm saying. It's for me that's
2: just incredible, especially when I'm seeing as a psychologist uh, yeah. clients who have no experience of they grew up with no reference to to faith, God, or universe. Yeah, and how this is through their experience because I've been always living with faith in my life. This was my upbringing. How lost they felt and how this. Um, exercise their mental resilience, knowing that I'm responsible for everything and anything that's happening in my life. Yeah. You know, that everything is up to me. It's just, there's no magic. Everything is black and white. I live, there is no purpose in it. I die, this is it, I'm gone. Yeah. So for me, there's just beautiful magic, believing in something that's not tangible, but gives me so much, gives me motivation. Yeah, gives me aspiration, shows me how much I am connected with others and how mm-hmm. much I see that spirituality and that God, or however I want to refer to it,
1: in others. Right. Isn't that but, beautiful? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, the whole joy idea from me, from my perspective is, you know, happiness is great. We We all want to be happy to some extent. But, you know, I say, I mean, I'm not the one that said it. I just talk about it, that joy is, we're talking about joy is this inner gladness. And from my perspective, right, we get more of that because we're tapped into, you know, God or whatever it is, because there is a connection, right? We have a space that's for that creator. And so, uh, you know, I think you were right because, you know, most faiths will say, you know, there's it's because we're meant to have this connection just like we're meant to have connection with other people, right? It's, it's kind of ingrained in us. And, but just so we don't disregard those of the listeners
2: who, for whatever personal reasons or just, um, their ability, uh, they artists, that's fine. The practice of gratitude for me, yes. that's just incredible. And for me, disconnect with spirituality, but just, Starting, I started this personally in COVID, and I was also in inviting my clients to start your day with five things you're grateful for in your life. Yeah. Five, yeah. and it could be it could be something as simple as you know I I've, I've got willingness to get out of bed. Right. Could be I've got food on my plate. I've got someone to talk to. I feel good in my body. I love my job. Or oh, it wasn't raining today. Just little things because when you start the first few moments of your day with feeding your neurons, your brain cells with such thoughts, you're already starting your day with the right um, attitude and it changes the tone of your day. And the same thing in the evening, recollection
1: of the day. What happened? What am I grateful for today? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, you obviously know being in your profession, but there's so many studies they've done, right, on gratefulness and um, how important it is for uh, you know longevity, even you know just just everything, quality of life. So I think that is important, uh, and it does change you know your outlook. It does change how you show up into your day. So absolutely, gratitude practice uh, is very important for sure, and it definitely helps you tap into you know. Um, feeling better, right, about your environment or, you know, what's going on in your life and and being more joyful. Totally. And for women, you know, we we love to hate our
2: bodies. For whatever reason, none of us is perfect, right? Right. (laughs) None of us is perfect. So I always say, okay, stand in front of the mirror. Yep. Okay, way or naked, look at your body and say five positive things about your body. Yes. For example, I love my body for being able to conceive, right? Yes. I love my body for whatever, right? Just five things. And you yeah. notice the energy shifts. And as far as I'm aware, this lifetime, that's the only body I'm
1: given. So that's I right. better start loving it. Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> better- <laughs> you know, like I have to remind myself often is um, we can still and should love our bodies, even if we're working on changing something about it. You know, like maybe it's you want to exercise, you know, you want to move further, you want to go on some big hike, you want to lose weight, whatever it is. But I think it's that's that's great. You can try to make positive improvements, but that doesn't mean we should be critical of our body, you know, in the meantime.
2: Exactly. And also, you know, I'm a nutritionist and psychologist. And then right. I know, you know, the saying, we are what we eat. But yeah. personally, I think it's stronger to say we are what we think. Yeah. Because how I think... Mm-hmm. This will affect what I put on my plate. So if I change the neurons, the perception of myself, Mm -hmm. if I start thinking positively about myself in terms of my body, my outlook on life, my values, my self-worth, this is how I will start treating myself very likely. I will choose to feed my beautiful body with healthy nutrition.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Because I will look into better quality of lifestyle. I will think of, do I need to binge Netflix till 2 a.m.? No, I would possibly like to be in bed by, I don't know, 10, 11. I have a restful night. So right. this is, oh, how I feel about myself. So another very valuable lesson from the book that I would offer to women is don't expect the love from the word that you can't give to yourself. Okay? Mm-hmm. because we feel yeah. love deprived we start of love and this positive emotion positive feelings and we want others to give it to us our spouses, our boyfriends our children whereas we don't know how to love ourselves so mm-hmm. no matter what, what they do they might be standing on their heads if I can't feel that love for myself if I don't see myself in that positive way yeah, I will never receive that love from the external world. Mm-hmm. So I will never be
1: good enough. Yeah. 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 And that's definitely a big challenge for a lot of people, you know, and well, men I'm and excited. women, I'm sure, but especially women. Yeah.
2: Women. And I would say all of us, people think, I know it all. That's why I wrote the book. Maybe the reason is I'm still learning. I'm sure. still learning to love myself. That's why I wrote the book. So I can yeah. help the others through tests and trials for myself
1: on myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's so lovely. So uh, let me ask you, any other uh, tips or encouragement you'd just like to share with the audience um, before we start uh, wrapping up or start moving towards wrapping up the conversation?
2: I would just say starting with that self worth and value and so love for yourself because then everything around changes. It changes the relationship we have with ourselves, therefore changes relationship we've got with others. It will change our body. Why? Not because I'll be fasting and eating salads. It's because I will love myself more. I will accept myself more. I will be making different nutritional choices. And I will choose to go for that walk, hike, swim, whatever it is, because it feels good to move my body. Mm, yeah. I will also choose what I want to feed my brain with. Do I need six hours of mindless scrolling on social media? Or would right. I rather do, learn a new skill? I don't know, foreign language, playing instrument, whatever that is that I always wanted to do. Yeah. So just always it. thinking, how can I feed that self inside?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, there's a quote and I'm I don't know that I can recall it exactly, but it's kind of uh we we actually do have more time than we realize. It's that we have to be intentional with how we spend it. And to your point, sometimes we do need to take an inventory of how we're spending our time because often we could shift you know the hours in front of Netflix or maybe you know having meetings too late into the evening whatever it is and we could do something else we actually really want to do but we have to make that a priority you know we have to have that intention
2: that's exactly what's serving me it's like you see a pack of cigarettes and I've seen everything on them it's you know, it's very interesting. Like, I have clients who try to quit smoking and the preaching to them doesn't help. They already mm. saw on the pack of cigarettes, smoking kills, smoking causes infertility, smoking causes cancer, whatever that it is. Mm. It's not working. They're seeing it all the time. You need to be ready. You need right. to have your internal why. So if yes. I'm fighting for myself, yeah. okay, Netflix every day is not serving me. Right. Okay, I made this decision. I'm changing it. Yeah. Whatever it is that I've decided, I've noticed. Is it beneficial for me or it's not serving me? Does it make me expand or does it make me contract?
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Referring to your body, how does it feel for you? Do I feel like at 6 a.m. my alarm clock is ringing and I just feel so moody and I need two strong coffees and I really don't want to be out of bed and I feel more tired than the night before, that probably means that you should have been in bed two hours earlier. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, is, is something, whatever it is, it depends what we're talking about, life giving or life draining, right? Is it, how does it make you feel like you can tell when you hold the decision or the choice in your thoughts, right? Like, oh, does that feel better when I'm thinking about that choice or when I make the choice or the like you said, going to bed late. Well, yeah, sure. Sometimes maybe we do that, but sometimes you realize, wow, I felt a lot more. Like you said, I had more life to live. I felt better, you know, when I went to bed earlier, right? So that's why I say it's life giving or life draining. Did you feel better by the choice or the decision, or did you feel worse? Did it drain you, you know? And so, absolutely, you know, we get we I have get the power to decide. That. You what?
2: and on that note, I would like to add that it's just also watching for not too much of control and uh, tendencies to ocd because very often we may get into that um thinking of okay no coffee in the morning i need to drink my green juice and i'm in bed by 10 and no netflix nothing no life is about enjoying as well so just as you said when is the time to have joy when is the time to your cake your ice cream go for it in that fully but if it's going to be your every day it's definitely right. not going to save you so yeah enjoy the flavors of life and find the moments when you know you need to support yourself
1: and balance yeah absolutely oh so good okay so Anata, can you tell us how can people connect with you online so they can learn more about your books and how you work with people and all that good stuff
2: so um Probably the easiest way is to find me on the website. And website is my full name.com. So ww.aneta uh, Maybe you add my name as spelled correctly to the I line. Will. Otherwise, it's just the name at the bottom.com. Um, and there is an option to book a session with me. Um, it could be anything regarding hormones, fertility, reproductive health, perimenopause, menopause, weight loss, which is very often, 99% related to hormones and underactive thyroids. So this is what I work with. Also, anything regarding the subject of enoughness, which is our personal perception, relationships. And I have last two spots for that retreat in Bali. So if that's caught your heart and desire to give yourself seven days of undisturbed me time and all you need to take care of is your bikini and sun lotion, <laughs> if you clean for personal development, holistic uh, treatments, massages, walking up to the hill of volcanoes for the sunrise for your personal manifestation, meditation over rice fields, tanning as much as you wish, and private chef preparing for us Balinese cuisine and staying in the villa with two swimming pools. If that's calling you, contact <laughs> me over the last two spots for September, and I would be gladly, gladly and happily taking care of you and getting to know. you. So mm. that's all through contacting me on the website. Otherwise, there's always Instagram, which is my name, underscore wellness.
1: Mm. Well, so beautiful. You definitely painted a gorgeous picture of the Bali retreat. So, oh my I goodness.
2: I can't wait, and it's just such a live experience that um, I love yeah.
1: it. I when have I it, like it on my. Home I homes have homes. it on my list by next year to to do some retreats. It's been on my list for several years, but I haven't uh, I haven't made it happen yet. But it is on the, it is on it's, the uh, list for me as well um, because I just love when I when I'm able to go on trips and do things like that. So, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your insight and your wisdom and your stories uh, and your background with us. It was uh, very insightful and very helpful. And I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you
2: so much, Christine. Thank you so much, everyone. Wishing you a lot of luck to finding
0: and realizing that you could enough already. Mm, Thank you so much. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristinfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at KristenFitch or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.